Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Um, So I want to talk to you guys today about cutting what doesn't count out of your lives. Cutting what doesn't count. Um, Because I wasted words with that man and I'm not saying that it's my fault if he did. I don't know if he went to heaven. I I pray that somebody reached him before that time and and he made it, Uh, but I don't know, (laughs) right? I don't know. And a lot of people are like, oh, if you miss an opportunity, it's okay. God will give you another one. Not all the time. I'll never get the opportunity to talk to him again about Jesus. (laughs) I lost it. My best friend died that way Uh, when I was in high, my best friend from high school. Uh, I was too busy running the streets with him, and when he died when I was in jail, I never got to tell him about Jesus, and I knew Jesus, and he didn't. So, you know, I'm talking about the weight of decisions. So let's go to James. I said, I said it's rainy, and it's like a death story. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know it was going to rain today. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know it was, like, you know, it's rainy, it's cloudy. It kind of sucks. James 4, 13 through 17. That's what I'm going to read. Let me know when you get there. Say amen. Amen. We there? All right, cool. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. So, you know, oftentimes people think sin is, is you know, just you know, lying, stealing, cheating, adultery. And these are all sins, right? I'm not saying they're not. But James says right here that when you know the right thing to do, and you don't do it, it's sin. Um, Romans 12, 2. It says, be, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. With each decision that we make, each conscious decision that we make, we're either conforming or transforming. There is no middle decision. There is no gray area with a decision. Right? I'm not, and I'm not talking about waking up, going to get some food, you know, and you're like, oh, I, I should have not ate this bagel or whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about decisions that you make consciously, right? Decisions that, that you, you, your soul is involved with, that your conscious attests to or speaks against, right? It's, there's, there's no middle ground. You either make a decision and look more like Christ or be, make a decision to be closer to sin. And that's really the only two options. There is, there is no, like, you're stuck. It, it kind of strikes me odd because I, I hear, I heard, I've, heard it, I've heard it taught a lot as a kid and stuff like that. And people say, well, if you're stuck in, in your, your walk with Christ, well, I mean, it says follow Jesus. He didn't stop walking. So if you're stuck, you're backsliding. <laughs> you're not following him. He's still going, right? But you, you're stuck. So you're following Christ or you're backsliding. In Hebrews, the whole book of Hebrews makes that very clear. Ralph Walter Emerson, he's the guy, he said that if you sow a thought, you get an act. You sow an act, you make a habit, you sow a habit, you get character, you sow character, you get a destiny, right? Now, Kenneth Hagin taught this. He said that any thought, that die, any thought that's not act, acted upon dies unborn. So when I ask the question, what is life? What is your life? It's what you decide to do, <laughs> right? It, I mean, we're Christians who we are in Christ, right? But just because you get saved and you who you are in Christ, if you make decisions after decisions after decisions, even after your salvation, to, to, to disobey God, to not follow his word, to, to feed your flesh, you're not in Christ, <laughs> right? It's your decisions, right? If any man be my, abide in my word, you have to decide to be there. You have to decide to do it, right? There is no, like I said, there is no, it, it also says in Revelation, God would rather you be, it doesn't say this in this words, but he said that he would rather you be a stone-cold sinner than to be lukewarm, right? So about these decisions, right? 
I remember as a kid, the question, I was always like a deep thinker, and the question of free will always like haunted me, sort of, right? Because I was taught that God knew everything, that before I said a word, right, that, that God knew that was on my mouth. I, I was like, I don't really have free will. I mean, I understand that I'm making these choices, but if God knows what I'm going to do already, then how do I have free will? As I got older and started to get an understanding of that question, I realized that we do have free will. My problem was thinking about God being in time, right? My problem was me thinking that God moves linear like I do. God is outside of time. So to C.S. Lewis said it like this. He said, for God, it's 1940, 2022, and 3035 all at the same time. He doesn't move in step like I do. So of course, when I make a decision, he's always going to be there. Of course, when I'm going to do something, he knows what's going on because he's outside of time. He has the whole picture, right? It's not that he moves in time with us. It's not that I make a decision and God was waiting for me before that decision in time. He was, the time has no bound on him, right? This is important because our decisions determine our eternity. Our decisions today determine our eternity forever. It's not... It, 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 you know, it, it's not like I can make decisions and just think that they have no weight on who I, or, or what's going to happen to me. That's, that's not the case. It's like we have this idea that, that decisions, you know, that they're just part of life, and, and they are, uh, but they don't matter too much, that we could just make these, these decisions, you know, and, and even not for, any, not for nothing, even with what we eat, right? What you choose to eat has an effect on your body, right? It, it's not like, you could just eat whatever. If I go eat whatever I want all the time, something's going to be wrong with me. I'll tell you what. <laughs> so I, when, I was in a, <laughs> when I was away, I used to make these, this crazy food, right? We call them hookups. Uh, <laughs> it's, like, it's like three or four ramen noodles, five packs of tuna, three bars of jalapeno cheese, some Doritos, uh, summer sauces. You chop it up, right? But you, you pretty much put all this stuff in a bowl, right? You, you make it. You got like a little, you got like a little stinger, you know, it's like a little, somebody said it was disgusting? Who said it was disgusting? I'll I make you one, you'll love it, I promise. Yeah, you, you like, I gotta go get locked up today. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. We, the CEOs would be like, yo, I'm not bringing lunch in today. I get, they, they, they let us do, yeah, they come eat the hookups. So, we make these hookups, right? And, uh, you know, I, I, would, I can't cook for my life, right? I just started cooking when I got, when I got married, right? Uh, I just, last time I preached, I wasn't married. I'm married, by the way, guys. This is my wife. Yeah, life is different. Uh, I had to, so I had to, I started cooking now, but before I never knew how to cook. But when I was in prison, I was like the jail chef, right? Like, I'll, I'll call, I'll go, get on the phone, and uh, I'll call, I'll call Jess, right? And I, I think I was doing something. I'll be on the wall like, yeah, I was just checking it up today, you know, made a, a premium hookup. With, like, she's like, what are you talking about? And I, I thought I was doing something. But I would eat this every day, right? And I'd say safely, it's probably about maybe like 60 grams of protein, but like 3,500 calories per bowl. It's a lot. But I would eat it every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, without fail. Every day I'd eat them, right? I gained a lot of weight. I came home, and I had a hard time eating regular food. It, it messed with my stomach. It, it messed with my body. I, 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 was, I was so tired when I first came home. I was so, like, I, I would just be sitting, it'd be like one in the afternoon, and I'd be standing and I'd be exhausted. The food had an effect on me. I made decisions to eat, and it, it had an effect on me, right? So I'm, I'm really trying to get to the, the idea that we have to be mindful of what we choose to do, right? Not some decisions, every decision. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, do it all for the glory of God. They're, they're, like that, that idea like, oh, I can just do this and it's not going to have an effect. It's not true. Or, or I can make this, like, like it's taught all the time, right? Everybody makes mistakes and that's true. And you're going to make mistakes, that's true. But if you know what to do and don't do it, you're sinning. Never let us talk about sin casually like it's okay. It's not. 
It's what put Jesus on the cross. It's what separates us from God. It's not okay, right? So I can't be predispositioned and predisposed to think, well, I'm going to miss it anyway. I have to try my best with all my heart to make the right decision every time. I have to. Even knowing I'm not going to make it, I have to, like Paul said in Philippians 3, forgetting what's behind and strive to what's ahead, I, I have to do it. We, we, we can't just sit back and be like, oh, well, everybody fails. Jesus didn't. Never. And who are we modeling our life after? I'm not modeling my life after a pastor. I'm not modeling my life after some famous evangelist. I'm modeling my life of Jesus Christ, right? People always be like, oh, God, God doesn't want you to be perfect. It's true. It's not possible. He wants you to be holy, and it's something entirely different and way more impossible, <laughs> right? Be being perfect is making the right decision all the time. Being holy is becoming the right person, and only God can do that for you. Perfection is impossible. Holiness is only possible with God and a, a, a absolute reliance on God. So we're talking about decisions. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 3. Ecclesiastes 3. Let me know when you get there. Yeah. Anybody okay today? Yeah? Good. This message was harder for me to write that I'm sure it's for you to hear, right? Because it, it was tearing me up. <laughs> I was like, ah, God, Jesus, <laughs> tearing me up. Oh, I just came back from vacation. I was in Vermont, right? We were talking about decisions, right? <laughs> so I was in Vermont. I woke up 5 in the morning. I went to go pray at the lake. So I'm praying at the lake, and I, I saw an eagle, right? Like, and I've never seen an eagle in my life, like, in, in the wild. And this eagle flew by. So I was getting like real Isaiah 40 vibes, right? So I'm like, all right, this is cool, this is cool. But you know, I don't go by signs. So you know, don't ever tell PD I said I was going by signs. Uh, <laughs> um, so I, I see this eagle, and I'm like, yo, this is dope. I'm praying, I'm praying. I get up. Now, I'm talking, now, I, I've made some good decisions to pray, right? And this is how quickly it happens. I made a good decision to pray. Then I made a terrible decision, right? I started walking in the woods where there's no cell phone service by myself in Vermont. So I'm walking in the woods, right? So I don't know if you notice, but the woods make their own kind of noises. It's, and you don't see nothing. It's not like it makes noises and you're like, oh, a squirrel. And then something else falls. You're like, oh, an owl. No, it just makes noises everywhere and you can't see nothing, right? So I'm walking, I'm walking, and here comes this guy with a dog. So I'm like, ah, it's going to be like horror movie. I don't watch horror movies, right? But now I'm feeling like I'm in a horror movie, right? So I, my, my, my heart's beating fast. And, and I'm like, yo, I'm lost. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, you just got to go back this way. And he's like, you want, you want me to come with you? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, we could do that. We could do that. Yeah, it's cool. I thought, I, you know, I mean, he, I, I, I up-downed him real quick. I was like, I could take him. Yeah, he, 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 you could take him. I was like, I could take him, right? But we started walking. And uh, I'm like, yeah, this, it's really nice up here. He was real conversational. And he's like, I'm actually about to go on a hike. You want to come with me? So speaking of bad decisions, I'm like, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I'll come with you. So I'm now walking through Vermont with this guy. He leads you for hours. So this is serious, right? He leads me past the cemetery. He's like, it's just so cool. It's a cemetery. I'm like, uh-huh. So I'm, I'm near the cemetery. He's like, now the, the hike is another half mile up the mountain. So I'm like, all right, cool. Bad decisions, right? <laughs> I have no, thank God he kept me, but I have no cell phone service. I'm in a place, my, my wife has no, she's sleeping. She has no idea where I am, right? Uh, this, this guy, even though I think I could take him, you never know, right? <laughs> you really never know. So, so we go into the mountain where he shows me, I, actually, I'm taking a picture there. But I started talking to him about Jesus, right? Because I'm like, well, if, I, if I'm talking to him about Jesus, I'm safe. I know, I know the Lord to cover me, right? I'm not just wilding, I'm witnessing, right? So I'm, I'm protected. So I'm telling him about Jesus, and, uh, you know, we're talking. So we get to this mountain after me, like, we're, we're on a hike for, like, 15 minutes. So we finally get to the spot. He's like, yeah, it's nice, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right, I got to leave now. And he just left. So I'm standing on this top of this mountain. And I was like, I have no idea how to get back down this mountain. So I got to go follow this guy. <laughs> like, and I don't want to feel creepy. Long story short, he disappears. I didn't see him after that. 
Like, he, he probably started walking away. But I'm just saying, this is really bad decisions on my part. Not one bad decision, bad decision after bad decision after bad decision after bad decision, right? Mind you, right after I made a great decision to spend time with God, right? And I'm just going to say that, like, just because you make good decisions doesn't give you a space to make bad decisions, right? Because that one good decision to pray, I could have went to heaven with that next bad decision like this, <laughs> right? It would have been that quick. So let's read Ecclesiastes 3. I'm going to go from 1 to, I'm going to go from 1 to 12. Uh, I'm going to go from 1 to 13. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart. Yes, so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink pleasure and take pleasure in all his toil, for this is God's gift to man. God says that he had put eternity in our hearts. Our decisions come from our hearts. Right? Our, people, our, our, we, have a, 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 we have a body. No, we have a spirit. We are a spirit that has a soul that lives in the body. It's our soul, the seat of our emotions and will, that makes the decisions. Right? That, that's where our decisions, that's where the battle is fought at. Right? Our spirit strengthens our soul to make decisions, or our flesh weakens our soul to make decisions. However, since this is the place from which our decisions are made, and eternity is in this place, our decisions have an eternal impact. Right? When we die, our spirit, right, the spirit that God's given us is going to go back to him. Right? Our bodies are going to be transformed. Our souls, what we decided to do is what's going to determine where we're going to go. Right? Our, our, our human beings don't have, unbelievers, they, they have what they call an unregenerate spirit, right, or a dead spirit. It's when you get saved that the spirit makes you alive and you have the spirit man again. Right? So those with the spirit are going to be taken back to where the spirit came from, right? And their souls are going to bear that mark of where they're going to go. Those without the spirit, they have nowhere to go back to. They have to go to an entirely different place. But their souls will, will go to where they're going. Now, it's important to know this because faith, according to Romans 10.9, faith is in our heart, Right? Because it says with, with our mouth we make confession, but it's with our heart that we believe. So faith makes eternal marks. When we act in faith, we make eternal marks. We, 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 we impact eternity, right? What we do today, whether in faith or because it also says that what's not a faith is sin, right? What we do today is going to have this eternal impact. It, 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 it's, it's almost as if and once again, I'm going to quote C.S. Lewis because I know a lot of his stuff. He said that every decision that we make is either making us more prepared for heaven or more prepared for hell. Right? Every decision. Not some of the decisions. Every decision. Right? And th there's a weight to that. It's, it's one of the greatest gifts God's given us to the to, to, to ability to choose. The ability to have free will. The ability to, actually, the, the ability to deny an all-powerful God if we choose to do so, right? God gave his creatures, which is mind-blowing, his finite creatures, the ability, the strength, because that's what will is, the strength to deny him. And, you know, there's that saying, like, if there's a will, there's a way. It's pretty much true. I mean, you know, you're not going to go, like, fly, like, off a cliff. You know, it's not going to work, right? <laughs> but in, in, in um, Genesis... Right, the Tower of Babel, it says that these people, 
with one tongue and one mind. They had will to build a tower to heaven. God said nobody could stop him, so they had to, he had to go down there and confuse the language. It's the power of not just agreement, but of the will, right? It, it, it's done tremendous things. It's got people to the moon. It's, it's made electricity. The will of people has, has powered inventions, art, uh, civilizations. It, it, it's amazing what, what the will does or what you can do with the will. So it's, you have eternity. It starts the day that you were born. Eternity started, like, see, you have, like, God who is eternal. He, he, he has no beginning and he has no end. We have a beginning, but we have no end, right? Our eternity started the day that we were born. Each day that we walk and every day that we choose, whatever we choose, we're marching into our eternity. And we're going to slip into eternity fairly quickly. One of the things I used to make a mistake as a kid thinking was I had time. I have time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, can, I can be saved whenever I want to be saved. I got time. People live, I'm like 13, 14, I got time, right? Time is not ours. We exist in time, but it's not ours. Only God, it says our time is in God's hands. Time is his, our time is his, right? And, and, and we, we don't know when Jesus is coming back. I believe he's closer now than never, right? I, I catch myself sometimes just looking out the window. Any moment now, Lord. Any moment, <laughs> we can get the show on the road, right? Uh, but you know, it, it, it's serious. It's serious business. The choices that we make. Proverbs four twenty three. I'm gonna read from the NIV. Says that above all else, guard your hearts. From out of it flow everything that you do. So I'm, I'm sure everybody's familiar with how our hearts are accessed, right? According to Matthew thirteen fourteen through sixteen, our hearts are accessed through our ears and through our eyes, right? That means what we allow to enter into our hearts has an impact on our eternity, right? So the things that you allow yourself to listen to, the TV you allow yourself to watch, the people you give your ear to are impacting your eternity. Now, and mind you, I'm not, I'm not saying that people, I mean, some, some will go to hell, right, but not everybody, but you know, they, they, you you go to you go to heaven. You want to go there, and and you want rewards. Like you don't want, you know you want to you want rewards. You know, it talks in, in in Matthew 13. It says that God's will, the 30, the 60, and the hundredfold. Nowhere in in life is 30 or 60 considered passing. It's not. It, 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 in school, <laughs> right? If, if, if your kid came home and was like, Mom I, or Dad, I got a 30, and the Bible says that you can have 30, and you wouldn't accept it, right? It's not passing. Now, it doesn't say that God is, is, is in that verse, it doesn't say that God is displeased with the 30, 60, 100 fold. But the, the, the fold that you experience determines, determines on you. It depends on you, the choices that you make. It doesn't depend on God, right? F.F. Bosworth, the guy that wrote Christ the Healer, he said, and he's talking about healing, but it applies in general to all God's blessings. He said that Christ, God had, because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, God had made healing available to all who want to receive it and has absolved himself of all responsibility of you not receiving it. So he's saying that no matter what, if you don't experience something from God, it's not God's fault, it's yours. Right. And instead of what we do, instead of, you know, seeking God for change or seeking God for more, we change our theology. Right. Because we don't experience healing. We're like, well, it's not for everybody. It's past. Right. Or, or I mean, I've had my, my, one of my close friends. He thinks I'm nuts. No, he, he really thinks I'm crazy because I tell him, I'm like, yeah. He's like, what were you doing for the last four hours? You didn't text me back. I'm like, I was praying. And he'll be like, you don't need to pray that long. I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't, right? It's true, I don't. But, but I do. And, and um, it's a pastor I was listening to recently. He said that sometimes the enemy will hide himself in legitimate desires and responsibilities. Right? Legitimate desires and responsibilities. Things that you actually have to do. Things that you actually have a right to. The enemy will disguise himself in these things, right? He, 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 he'll, like, and, and this, you know, sorry, <laughs> my wife, right? So we're married, and she waited two years for me to come home, right? Thank God for her. I love her. She knows I do. She's my, she's my wife. 
she, she's entitled to wake up in the bed next to me every morning. There are times where she can't do it because I have to pray. Because the Spirit led me to pray. I want to stay in bed too. I don't want to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. But the Spirit led me to pray. Actually, I have a, a, a great illustration of this. Of something that wasn't sinful but was about to ruin my life. Or ruin my eternity. So I was sleeping the other night. And I, I usually don't dream a lot. Uh, I don't really have like a lot of dreams. And usually if I have dreams, it's like me eating food. And that's, that's really where my dreams stop at. And I'm not even trying to be funny. That's really serious. Um, <laughs> uh, so I was having a dream and I was, whatever it was, it was like my lips were glued shut. And I couldn't say the name of Jesus. But I knew I wanted to say it because I, I, I had to say it. I know I had to say it with power and I couldn't say it. And I was, I was panicking in my dream. I was scared. I felt oppression on me, and I wanted to say the name Jesus, but I couldn't say it. So I woke up out of my sleep praying in the spirit like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, he said, you'll never be able to cast out a demon if you keep entertaining them. So I'm not into any witchcraft, guys. I'm not, like, I'm not playing with no Ouija boards. I don't even watch horror movies. No, seriously, I don't even watch horror movies, right? Um, but there was this cartoon, I was, like I said, I watch anime, and it had a lot of demonic imagery in it. Now, it wasn't sinful for me to watch the show, right? I don't believe it was a sinful for me to watch the show, but I had a choice to make in that moment, right? He didn't say I wouldn't be able to preach. He didn't say I wouldn't be a good father. He didn't say I wouldn't make money. He didn't say I wouldn't be, he didn't say any of that. He said I would never be able to cast out demons. There'd be a certain part of calling on my life that I'd never be able to fulfill if I continued to watch the show. I had to make a choice, right? Which costs more? As a matter of fact, in Hebrews 12, 16, Esau traded his birthright for food. He, my, he needed food. <laughs> Everybody needs food. You need food to live. Our bodies are the temple. Right? You got to take care of your temple. People love using that one when, I, when they see me eating Taco Bell. Oh, your body is the temple. Right? <laughs> like, right? But it's true. Your body is the temple. You need to feed. Also, Esau was a hunter. He needed food to do what God made him to do. But he traded his birthright for food. So, I, this, and this is what the Holy Spirit has shown me, is that oftentimes we make an Esau exchange. We make an Esau exchange, right? Instead of, instead of getting what's God, we get what's good. We get what we, we get what we want in the moment instead of what we need for eternity. And, and, and this exchange, as a matter of fact, through the rest of his generation into a place where God said, I hate Esau. It's not that he, God doesn't hate God as love. It's not that he hated Esau. He hated the fact that Esau put the things of the natural above the things that are the spiritual. The things that are necessary over the things that were of God. I mean, it, we, we would be saying that it would be the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. But we're not. <laughs> it changed everything. It changed generations. It changed eternity. That one decision to choose something less than what God wanted. Right? And, and so that, that's, none of that's in my notes. Um, the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Ah, there's this, this, this is level of, of sacrifice that God is calling us to today. It's a level of, it's different. It's different. It looks crazy. It, it looks zealous. It looks religious. It's not. It's the Bible, right? I, I'm, I'm telling you, and I, I was talking to, to PD about it. I started to feel like I was like I, something was wrong with me when I got home. I thought something was wrong with me because I, I was, I, I still am. I just, I'm so consumed with the things of God that I, I mean, I'm, I'm really willing to give up anything at a drop of a dime. Uh, it, TV shows, all right, it'll go. Uh, Food, I'll fast for whatever, you know what I mean? And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that, that everybody, no, I am actually. 
At this time right now, we don't have time. What is your life? It's gone. What is your life? It's gone. If you think prioritizing the temporary things over the things of God is important, where are you fixing your faith on? I got a, uh, I got a, uh, a word from the Lord. I was praying a couple weeks ago. And um, I started screaming out, yo, they're burning, they're burning, they're burning, they're burning. And I, I, I was in prayer and I was screaming it out. And then I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, he said, in these last days, as a matter of fact, I have written down, and I don't want to miss any of the words. I have written down, thank the Lord. I don't even like writing stuff down. She's talking about the body of Christ. He says that you guys have the rivers of living water to put the fire out. Yet you use it to water your own gardens, your own pockets, and your own dreams. The misdirection of your faith will fail in these days, for that which is built, which is not of God's will and heart and character, will crumble and fail you. You can tithe in faith and get money, and, and you use your faith, and then keep it to yourself. You were in faith for a minute, <laughs> and then you got in the flesh, Right? The same way that, that Peter said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God, but you will not go to the cross. <laughs> that quick. And, and, it's, it's, uh, and I really believe that. I mean, and I'm, you know, obviously I'm not against abundance. I, I'm not against having things, right? I'm not against it. I'm really not. What I see is that this misdirection of faith, it, 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 it's, it's destroying. It's destroying the church. I remember one time I was fasting. I was fasting for a revelation of God's holiness. And uh, never do it. <laughs> um, that's like praying for patience, right? Like, <laughs> you just don't do it, right? <laughs> um, and I was fasting for revelations of God, holiness, and I was going in. It was a great fast. And near the end of the last day, because I had, I had an experience while I was praying, and I was like, well, this really fascinated me. So I was fast. I was fasting. I was fasting. And instead of the revelation of God's holiness, I got a revelation of my sinfulness when I was reading the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And... Uh, the Lord said, you are that rich man at the table. You and, and other believers are the rich man at that table. We have everything. We have everything. We don't have some things. We have Jesus. We have everything. Right? And, 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 and we play church, and we sit with each other at this table, and I feed you, and you feed me. And the, the, it's not the Christians that are Lazarus. It's the sinners that are Lazarus. They do not have eternal life. They do not have Jesus. They do not have the gospel. We do. It's us, us, body of believers, it's us that have all the riches in Christ Jesus. It's us. We have the wealth, but we're too busy trying to get their wealth. We want what they got. They got good businesses. We want a good business. They got a nice car. Well, I want a nice car. They, 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 got, they got, you know, social media status. I want to be somebody on social media too. Why? <laughs> what does it count for? What is your life? It's, a, it's such a, it's a simple question, but it's serious. What is your life? What is your life? I don't know about you guys, but before Jesus, I almost lost mine multiple times. So mine is nothing. <laughs> I, 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 I told, I was talking to uh, my wife actually, and I said, you know, a lot of people, they deal with the issue of uh, like, like, you know, uh, self-righteousness. And I told her, I said, I really can't afford that issue. I don't, I don't qualify for that issue. Right? I've been all the worst things in the world. Right? I've been all the worst things in the world. I've been a liar. I've been a drug addict. I've been a thief. I've been a, a violent person. Right? I've done all these things. Uh, so, I, I, I mean, I just don't, like, it's funny because I, I met people. I'll, I'll say something about Jesus in public, and they're like, you're so judgmental. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I really can't. I'm sorry. I'd like to, but I can't, <laughs> you know. Um, and, and, and so I know that my life is nothing. But just because I went through something like that, and maybe nobody else did, you guys know that before Christ, your life was nothing. You, you know without a shadow of a doubt. Right? You know that verse in Matthew 7 used to scare me. Let's go to there real quick. Matthew 7. It used to scare me. And I'm going to show you what we're becoming like. Not us per se, but in general. 
Matthew 7. Let's go to Matthew 7, 21 through 23. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. The, co- the lukewarm people, there's, a, there's another name for them. Does anybody know what the, the name for the lukewarm people is? Another name for them? The deceived. Hearers of the word only. Church attenders. They're deceived. The most dangerous place to be in the Bible is not a sinner, it's deceived. Right? It's to think that when you get there, you're going to be like, Jesus, what's up? He's going to be like, you know him? You know him? No, we don't know him. <laughs> you know, eh, eh, eh. But, but, but this whole time you're walking on earth, well, I'm going to glory. I'm going on up. Oh, just swing low. You, you think you're going. You're on your way. You're going to the upper room. No. <laughs> but, but, but a deceive, this is the thing about half-truths that, that cause deception. The truth part in the half-truth is loud enough to drown out the deceit in it. You'll never hear it. You'll never hear it. You have to live, abide in the word to know the word. You have to make choices to do the word to know the word. If you just hear, like, I mean, it, it, it kills me, right? Oh, I, I mean, not, not, I love, I love, I'm a church boy, right? Everybody, everybody knows I've been going to church my whole life, right? Everybody knows this, right? I, I said it multiple times. Um, and I, I love, I love getting a word from God, right? I, I love it. But, like, I hear people like, oh, I need a word. Oh, I need a word. Oh, I need a word. Did you do the last one? And the one before that? What about the one before that? Like, did you, did you do it? Because <laughs> you can keep getting great words from great preachers and go to hell with all those great words, right? And you, you just be up there like, but Jesus, I got the words. He's going to be like, so what? Like, you didn't do anything. You didn't do anything, right? So this is the problem with these people, right? They, 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 they come up and they say, on that day, they will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And cast out demons in your name. And did we not do mighty works in your name? Right? These people were trying to use Jesus as a mean to an end. Right? Because they got there and the first thing they said is, Jesus, look what I did for you. Imagine having the nerve. <laughs> Imagine after all God's did for you. After the, you know, the sacrifice of Jesus for our lives and saving your soul and cleansing your sins and making you whole, you had the nerve to walk up to him and say, well, look what I did for you. They were using Jesus as a means to an end. They weren't letting Jesus use him, them for his end. Right? And, and the people, I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's really gotten, you know, and I'm very passionate about this. I, I, I love God. God's made my life so much better. And I'm, I'm living in a place now where peace and joy abound. And, and, and you know, God's handling my financially for me. God's opening doors for me. And I believe in God giving me the abundant life. I believe in it. It's John 10, 10. I believe the word, right? You know how many dreams I had to sacrifice to get it? I, I had ideas and plans of things that I wanted to do. And God said, I don't want those for you. Sacrifice them. Get rid of them. He's not coming here. He didn't come inside you to make your dreams fulfilled. He came here to make his goal and purpose for you fulfilled. It, 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 it's, I, I mean, PD's been talking about it recently, about revival. About revival. So before he starts, you know, before he started talking, me and him started talking about it. When I was in, in, in prison, the, the Holy Spirit said, this next move of the church is, is a move of miracles. He said, I need you to be ready. And um, I started crying out to God. And I started b- believing God. And, and um, I mean, so it's, 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 it's strange to me, right, that people, people are like, oh, the pastor offended me. I got to leave the church. 
I mean, anybody who says that hasn't spent no time with God, <laughs> right? Uh, nobody's hurt my feelings like God has. <laughs> Nobody, right? <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, God, show me your holiness. And he's like, you're sinful. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> you got it. You know what I mean? And, and, and so, you know, it's crazy to me. People are like, oh, the pastor, he called me a name. I got to leave. Jesus is going to call you a lot of names now. He's going to sell it. We talk about the secret place. That secret place will tear you up. I mean, you got yeah, you, you to go to the secret place with an ice pack, water, some chips. Like, you know, it's, it's going to be a rough ride. Yeah, it's going to be a rough ride. Like, this, this ain't no fun in games. But, no, seriously, I mean, it, and, and, I'm not, I'm, and mind you, I'm happy I gave up those dreams. I'm so happy. I'm so grateful. They would have took me somewhere where God didn't want me. I would have been out of the will of God for my life, right? And I'm not saying I wouldn't have been successful in that area. I don't care, though. I tell people all the time because of how my mom is, right? Everybody here knows my mother. Uh, my mom's in Texas. People are like, I was like, my, and I told somebody this. They were like, yo, so you tell me if you were a lawyer, your mom wouldn't be proud of you? I was like, if I wasn't saved, no, she wouldn't be. My mom would be more proud of me in jail <laughs> Believing God, praying in God, walking with Christ, than me home with money in a house and not walking with God. My mom instilled this in me that if you are not in the will of God, you are not successful no matter what you think. You're failing at life. I don't care what you have, I don't care who you know, you are failing at life. And, and, and the prioritization of what we want over the prioritization of what God wants is a sure sign of backsliding. Guarantee it. <laughs> no, I just said that the prioritization of, of what you want over what God wants is a sure sign of backsliding. Guarantee Because everybody, I mean, not for nothing, I've been around Christian folk my whole life, right? I've been around church people my whole life. When, when people get saved, the first week, they're like, we're going to go street evangelize. We're we going to hand out tracks like the Jehovah Witnesses. We're going to go crazy, right? And, and, and they usher in, and they clean in the bathrooms, and they vacuum in the floor. And then a trial comes, and they stop vacuuming. <laughs> and then, and then, and then uh, uh, they get a dream, but the dream means that, that they can't come to church Sunday. So they stop, they stop coming every week. That's backsliding. <laughs> You putting these things, these obligations over God is backsliding. We're all guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. I kid you not. I, and this, this is a true story. I, I told Jess, I was like, I need to fast. She was like, why? I was like, I've only been praying like 30 minutes a day. I'm backsliding. I'm backsliding. Yeah. Yeah. When, 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 Paul, when, when, when Paul finally said it, he said, I, I finished the race. Right? I, I, I'm getting this crown. He did all he could do. That was a life lived, chasing God at all costs. That was not a casual Sunday go church goer. That was somebody who gave everything he had for the cause of Christ in his life. You will not get to say those words if you don't do this. You come with the same energy. Yeah. Yeah. So there's one last place I want to go. Hebrews 3. Seven. How long, how long, I, I, I've been looking at the time, Mark Courtney. How long, when did I start? All right. Hebrews 3. So, I remember, uh, <laughs> so there was, this Muslim, there was this Muslim dude, right? When I was at, a pro, I was at the program, there was a Muslim guy there. And once again, I sensed the, the call of God on his life. And I was like, you got to. I, I'll come straight for the I'll straight for the kill. I'm like Muhammad, not real right, man. You gotta you gotta give your life to Jesus. That thing not working for you. He's like, that's mad disrespectful. I go get the homies. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> Please, I'm sorry, right? But I just kept talking to him about Jesus, and um, he came to me one day. And he said, "Would you pray for me?" And I said, um, "I don't know if you want me to." He was like, "Wow." I was like, "I'm not gonna pray for anything, but for you to know Jesus." Because I can't pray for anything else. You know, people, people are crazy. They're like, 
it's like unbeliever comes, they're like, pray for me. They're like, oh, I pray that God blesses you. He won't. <laughs> Till you know Jesus, he won't. <laughs> That's the blessing, right? Right? Um, you know, so I, I always tell people, uh, no, no lie. Anybody who's unbeliever, they're like, pray for me. I'm like, I won't. Unless I, all I'm going to do is pray for you to know Jesus. That's the only prayer I have for you. Until you know Jesus, then I, then I got a whole bunch of prayers for you. You understand me? Like, but um, so I, he was like, no. He said, that's okay. And the Holy Spirit came upon me. And I said, Lord, I pray he doesn't sleep not once until he knows you as Lord. And that's all I said. He came back to me like two weeks later. Bags under his eyes. <laughs> Shaking with the coffee. <laughs> he like, <laughs> he like, because uh, he called me shake. He like, shake, man, I think. I think it's about time for me to give my life to the Lord. I said, all right, come on, right? <laughs> right? Um, uh, but th- this, is, this, is, this is oftentimes, oftentimes how God deals with us. Right? And that's why that secret place is so important that they were talking about. And the secrets of the secret place. I loved your message, by the way. We listened to it on the way home. Um, and you, you're becoming something entirely different there. Everything that's of you, like the, the, the perfect visual image of that is Jacob wrestling the angel in the night, right? Because it, it says that he sent his belongings ahead of him. He sent his family ahead of him. He sent his servants ahead of him. And there he was alone. And when he was alone, an angel came and wrestled with him until the break of day. That, that, that's where that happens. That, that's where you lose the... The who you think you are, because God said, who are you? He said, I am Jacob. I'm, this is who I am without everything else. God can do something with that. He can't do stuff with who you are on social media or, or who you are at work. Or, and, and not for nothing, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a father, right? But when God wrestles with me in my flesh and my dreams, he wrestles with Daniel. Just Daniel. Just Daniel. Now, there are times where I wrestle for my family. I'm not, men, definitely pray for your families. War, which, war for your families, right? But when you really are at the secret place, you are by yourself alone in front of a holy God, right? And, and if you stay there, things are going to start to change. So let me read this real quick. I, I got off topic. Hebrews 3, 7 through 19. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness where your fathers put me to the test. And we saw my work for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they will not enter my rest. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day as long as it's called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, indeed, if we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose body fell in the wilderness? I'm going to keep going. And to whom did he swear that he would never enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of their unbelief. Now, this, this passage can go different ways, right? You can talk about the rest of faith. Uh, but here he's talking about rest, rest, heaven, rest, eternal rest what we long for, the place where all our tears are wiped away, the place where our burdens are taken off and that we're before Jesus singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. If you, if, and and, and say it multiple times in different places of the Bible, the desire for eternity has to be strong in a believer to keep them marching ahead. The desire for, for that day, for that time, for that meeting, I mean, it has to be strong, right? And the only way you can strengthen your desire for eternity is by focusing on eternity, not focusing on today, right? C.S. Lewis, it's my guy. I will quote C.S. Lewis all the time, right? I've read every one of his books like 10 times. He said, aim for heaven, and you'll get a little bit of earth mixed in. You aim for the earth, you won't get either. You won't get either. You won't get, I, I mean, it, it, it's, it's simple like that, like, so, 
this verse, I, I have to get this off because this is part, part of this verse. It says, today if you hear his voice. Today you've heard the Lord's voice. Right? You've heard his word. First Peter 4.11 says that the one who speaks, speaks as oracles of God. You've heard the Lord's voice. Now you have a choice to make. Now you have a choice to make. Right now, the sermon title, I, I completely went off because, you know, thank God, but, you know, the Lord, the sermon title was cut what doesn't count. Everybody has excess areas in their life that they can cut. Everybody. Right? And until we look like Jesus, there's going to keep being areas to cut. Right? God is not going to cut them for you because of your choice. You have the choice. God will let you keep them, right? God, God will let you, he'll let you keep your, your, your and I'm, I'm going to call, I, I, no matter how important it is to you compared to what he has for you, it's just a triviality. That's all it is. It's something very, very minuscule. Your biggest dream, if it's not of God, is minuscule to his plan on your life. It, it means nothing, right? That, that sucks, right? <laughs> that, that's, but it's the truth. And, and, I'm going to tell you the quickest way to harden your heart to the voice of the Holy Spirit is to deny your conscience. That is the most base level that the Holy Spirit speaks to is your conscience. If you constantly deny your conscience, you are dishonoring the leading of the Holy Spirit. I went to this Rhema retreat with Mom Courtney and PD and this lady, Patty Akui, was there. She's from Fiji Island. She's a missionary out there. She graduated from Rhema. She had difficult teaching, but I, I received from her. She said, if you never conquer the simple no's of your conscience, you'll never get the yeses from the Holy Spirit. Everybody, each and every one of us has a conscience. We're, we're, we're born again, right? We're saved, right? God's given us a new heart. That new heart, the voice of that new heart, which is the way the Holy Spirit leads us, is our conscience. And if we deny that, we harden our voice to the Holy Spirit. If we deny that, we walk more to sin than to Christ, right? And, and, and the, not for nothing, the conscience is a very simple thing, right? Very simple thing. Maybe hard to understand, but easy to recognize, right? Like when you're sitting down, this, this happens to me all the time, right? So I'm telling myself, right? But I'll be on the couch, I start watching mad funny Facebook videos. Like if you know how to be videos of people like randomly dancing in the street, I love them. Right? I literally watch them for an hour and a half. And I watch a video, and the Holy Spirit is like, you could be praying right now. I'm like, but I could be watching videos. Right? And then I go to the next video, and, and, but, and, and, and the Holy Spirit is like, you could be praying right now. This is my conscience speaking. And, and I say, but this isn't sinful. And the Holy Spirit says, you could be praying now. I'm like, I'll pray later. And then he stops saying stuff. My conscience is cool now. My, my conscience is a source. I'm not sinning, and I could do it later. That's the beginning of backsliding. <laughs> That's where it starts at, the denial of the conscience. <sighs> Joshua 24, 15, everybody knows it. Right? Choose this day who you will serve. No choice. Choose this day who you will serve. Right? Uh, I'm, I'm going to end here, actually. Uh, right on time. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. I could have I kept you guys until 2 o'clock. Not gonna do it though. Not gonna do it. Huh? Y'all about to leave in a second. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm about to get you out of here, dog. <laughs> Joshua, I'm, I'm gonna read it. Right? So, far, um, sorry about that. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. If you don't feel like it's worth giving God your all, don't do it. It's quite that simple. I remember, I remember this kid, I was, I was jailing, and uh, he was like, yo, I don't even want to be Christian no more. I'm just going to stop reading the Bible. I said, yeah, go ahead, do that. And he was like, no, I can't do that. I'm like, I know, stop, stop talking. <laughs> you know I, mean? I know, you know that, you know what I mean? But if you, if you if, honestly, like God, God's letting you know, like if you, if you don't want to give me your all, that's, that's okay. He won't, I, I, he won't give you his all, right? He already did that with Jesus. How the level of degree of Christ that you experience, it depends on what you're willing to sacrifice. And that's the truth. 
right? I mean, I mean, I, you know, it's a lot of grace teaching. Any teaching that tells you not to pray as much, to not fast, and to not give, it's of the enemy. Point blank period, right? Because God is not a God of error. <laughs> so it is of the enemy, right? I remember somebody telling me like, oh, you, you don't have to pray that much. You can just, you can just say simple prayers, quick one minute prayer. And I was like, what? So you're telling me I should pray less? Out of order, demonic, get it out of my face. Like, I don't want nothing to do with it. <laughs> you know, I, I, but um, Joshua, all right, so let me go to the verse. And if it's evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So you have three choices. You can serve the gods from your past that kept you in bondage. You can serve your idols of today or you can serve God. But you have to make a decision. You can't serve half one, half the other, or a third of each one, right? At J.K. Chesterton, he was an English uh, literary, he wrote uh, like things in the paper, J.K. Chesterton. And he said that there's no room in heaven for, for, for Satan or hell. It all has to go, every little bit of it. You can't hide any in your pockets. You can't keep anything with you. It's all got to go, Right? I'm I'm committed, man. Like I'm I'm really like if you gotta ask yourself this question, what is my life? What is my life? What is my life? Paul tells you, you've been crucified with Christ. You no longer live, yet Christ lives through you. And the life you now live, you live through faith in Jesus Christ. For me to live, no, for me to die is gain. But for me to live is Christ. That's what my life is. Every part of it. People be like, oh, well, it's, and I'm about to think. Oh, but it, it, it's my Facebook. Not if you're Christian. That's Jesus. <laughs> right? Oh, it's, well, it's, 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 it's my business. Not if you're Christian. It's Jesus. Oh, he's ransomed me entirely. Right, but before I go off, right? Just pray with me real quick. Sio ruboskende asar ramande kimi skuru budu sende yakis duru mas demando kuru kimi budeles silvilasta kibedes. Dear Heavenly Father, I lift up your name right now. I thank you for your word that went forth, Father God. I thank you that even though sometimes your word is hard, Father God, it's ultimately meant to bring us to a place of correction. It's also meant us to bring us back in line with your will for our lives. And Lord, if there's anybody in this room who, who's not giving their life to Christ and they want to, you can raise your hand. If there's anybody in here that wants to rededicate their life to Christ, Who's been and who's noticed that you know what maybe maybe I have been backsliding, maybe 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 I have left the tracks more than I thought I did. Then you have this opportunity to rededicate your life. Well, with all heads bowed and eyes closed, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you, thank you, thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the word that you sent forth, Father God ultimately to heal us, ultimately to restore us. We thank you for that word, Father God, that we thank you that we hide it in our hearts that we may not sin against you. I thank you that as we go throughout our weeks that we keep that word before our face, your word before our face, we meditate on it day and night, that we don't just become hearers of the word or casual doers of the word, but aggressive doers of your word, Father God, that we seize every opportunity we have to obey you, Lord. And when we make a mistake, we just, like Paul, forget what's behind and strive ahead to win this race, to reach the mark of the high calling, which is knowing you. I thank you, Father God, for covering our families. I thank you for covering us throughout the week. I thank you that we get to know you more and more and become more like you throughout this week. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. 
For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.